the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Real Life Radio is a service of River City Community Church. Grace and peace to you and welcome to Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. A church that exists to help people just like you find the real life that you were created for and then find it to the full. That's what Jesus said in John 10.10. And today we continue in this series called Jesus Has Left the Building and Rediscovering the Biblical Jesus as today we cross the Sea of Galilee in a message called Jesus on the Other Side. A very timely message for the people in Church of San Antonio. Keep it right here. This is Real Life Radio. So here the guy comes out, and we, we, we learn about his, a little of his story, verse 6 of Mark chapter 5. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran, and he fell on his knees in front of him. Oh, good, he's saved. Actually, verse 7 said, he shouted at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? Swear to God that you won't torture me. For Jesus had said to him, Come out of this man, you evil spirit. Now I want you to listen who's actually having a conversation here. Very important. Then Jesus asked him, what's your name? My name is Legion, he replied, for we are many. And he begged Jesus again and again not to send him out of the area. A large herd of pigs was feeding on a nearby hill. There it is. The demons begged Jesus, send us among the pigs. Allow us to go into them. He gave them permission. The evil spirits came out and went into the pigs. The herd, about 2,000 in number, rushed down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. What's fascinating about this, and I really want you to catch this, the evil spirit had spoken to Jesus, and Jesus had spoken to the evil spirit. Not one word from the actual guy yet. We have not heard from him yet. You need to know that. Jesus is talking to this spirit in this man who's torturing him and tormenting him. And that spirit is talking about, what's your name? Legion, because there's lots of us. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Something you learn on the other side. Number one, our enemy is not the people on the other side. Our enemy is not the people on the other side. You've got to get this. Listen to what 1 Peter 5.8 says. And I'm going to challenge you this morning. Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. We have an enemy of our souls and he is out to destroy us and the people around us and you have to decide what you believe about that. Really. Because I know there's some who are sitting there right now, oh, please, Pastor Sean, seriously, this is so unsophisticated. You're not suggesting. (laughs) You know how those kind speak down their nose at guys like me, you know. You're not suggesting really that there's some spiritual kind of being that this, the devil or Satan is actually a real spiritual entity, are you? Please. We understand there's mental illness. We understand there's evil in the world and people, but you're not saying there's really this devil or this Satan, are you? I'm not, the Bible is. And it does not stutter. It is crystal clear. And let me just tell you about this enemy of ours. He would love nothing more than us to write him off as some sort of 
mythological kind of apparition, for us to, to just call him a superstition and to ignore him. He would love nothing more than that. For us to say, no, 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 it's all just us. We're the only thing that's really here. Uh, the problem is the scripture says the exact opposite. And I want to challenge you. I know it's not very sophisticated to suggest that there is, along with God's spirit, the creator of all things, there are fallen angels, demonic entities, led by one who rebelled against God and tried to raise himself up to be equal with God. And that their sole intent, like the scripture says, is to destroy people. I know that's not very sophisticated. I just want to suggest to you, as you look around our culture and you see people who they have exactly the same vision in front of them as you do. They see in living color reality and they come to totally bizarre conclusions and you're like, what is going on with people? Why are people so backwards? Why is up, down in our society? Why is, you know, left, right? Everything that we know to be true is turned upside down his head. What is going on? I want to suggest to you the scripture describes a system, a spiritual system that is behind what is going on. And the scripture is very clear. Our enemy is not the people on the other side. Our enemy is the enemy. In his book, Surprised by Joy, C.S. Lewis describes his own life before conversion. He describes it as a zoo of lust, a bedlam of ambitions, a nursery of fears, a harem of fondled hatreds. My name was Legion. He understood that it wasn't just what was in him, but that there was another power at work. The Apostle Paul in Ephesians chapter 6 writes about it very plainly. Listen to what he says. He says, finally be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. That's verse 10, reading on. Put on the full armor of God so that you may take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. A system a spiritual system behind what we see. He says, therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. He uses this metaphor of an armor. And these elements representing pieces of this armor, or these pieces of armor representing these elements of God's provision for spiritual warfare. The belt of truth buckled around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And, and then we stop there sometimes and think, well, that's all the armor of God. No, it's not. There's one more weapon and it is also an offensive weapon verse 18 and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayer and requests with this in mind be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints bottom line that's why prayer is so powerful that's the power of the word of god if you know someone maybe you know someone you love and care about who you just go man their mind is so twisted around and they're seeing bad fruit from this but something is wrong you may not be able to physically get them to turn the other way but you can pray. You can pray. And prayer is powerful. Like I said earlier, 24-7 access to the creator of all things. 
prayer is powerful. The great gift of our Father. That's why the Scripture talks so much about prayer and the power of prayer. But we've got to keep in mind that these people on the other side are not our enemy. I've shared with you a story before, a little story I used to illustrate this point. story of a king of a small kingdom and a beautiful daughter who he loved more than anything else. And she was taken and held hostage by a fire-breathing dragon. And the king put out a word all throughout the kingdom. Anyone who can deliver my daughter, any knight who's brave enough, anyone who can right this wrong, give you half the kingdom. And so young man after young man tried. Many lost their lives. Knights went, returned. Most didn't. And still, the damsel in distress. Who will go and do something about this damsel in distress? Finally, one shrewd young man comes and he says, I will, king. And he goes and he sees the dragon and he sees the damsel and he pulls his sword and he rushes into battle and he stabs the damsel. No more damsel in distress. (laughs) Don't kill the damsel. The sword of the spirit was not meant to run through people. And we use it in that way rather than understanding the enemy is the dragon. That's the enemy. But we go and we make people on the other side and they're not, they're not, they're not. Let's stop attacking people on the other side. And folks, the politics thing, we got to get, get our heads around this and I'm just saying, okay? Um, we got to stop being divided by politics. We've got to stop I don't care what your politics, I don't care if you're left, I don't care if you're right. Stop letting your politics define your faith. Stop, church, being the religious arm of some political party, whether it's right or left, I don't care. Our faith should determine our politics. And before we, you know, and I'm telling you, for some people, this is is like, this is going to be the big stumbling block. This will be the reason to leave River City, Okay. This is the reason. I'm, I've been wanting to give you a reason. Here, here you go, okay? Really, because you go, well, yeah, but my politics, that's, 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 that's the battle for God. And I'm not, please don't understand. I, don't, don't get me wrong. Do not get me wrong. I think we should, man, we have a great privilege, a God-given gift to vote and participate in the political process, and we should. That's fine. Don't, don't get me wrong. But if you think that's where the real battle is being waged, that's where the real war is going to be won, it's not. It's that, it's, that, it's that old thing they call revival. And you read history, the great awakenings, what happened when, when moves of God would go along, along cities and then counties and then countries and entire nations would change because of a move of God. Folks, politics is not going to fix what is wrong with America or any other nation, actually. But a move of God can. And you're worried about people's ish, you know, stand on different issues, moral issues. Well, that should cause concern. Just understand what's actually going to make a difference. The gospel is. Beating on people and calling them immoral by being as immoral and, and kind of confrontational. And, and man, folks, you've got to know this is one that I, I wrestle with this because I see stuff in the political arena that makes me crazy. Because I'm, I'm basically a truth guy. I'm a justice guy. 
And it drives me nuts, but I, I'm just telling you, as I see more and more of the church become totally ineffective because our politics have become the primary thing and our faith has been taken a back seat. We've got to stop. And I'm asking River City Community Church, let's, hey, vote, participate, but let's right now identify ourselves as followers of Jesus first, okay? Let's be followers of Jesus, and let's, let's see where that leads us, and I'll bet we really can change our city like God's asked us to. We want to take a quick minute and remind you you're listening to Real Life Radio, a service of River City Community Church right here in San Antonio, Texas, in this series called Jesus Has Left the Building and Rediscovering the Biblical Jesus. In fact, you can find this whole series on the sermons link at reallife.org. Plus, at the site, see all the great small groups that are available to get connected with. Plus, ways River City Community Church is giving back and serving the community, doing things that you can do with your whole family and be the hands and feet of Jesus. Again, that's at reallife.org. Picking up at verse 14. So, these pigs have gone off the deep end because of this evil spirit. Verse 14, those tending the pigs ran off, reported this in the town and the countryside, and the people went out to see what had happened. When they came to Jesus, they saw the man who'd been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there, dressed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. It reminds me of the verse last week when the disciples, Jesus calmed the storm, the storm's calm, and they're afraid. They just recognize something, something significant's going on here. Um, also, maybe with the abuse they heaped on this guy, maybe stuff had happened that he could never tell anybody because he was so insane, and now they're like, okay, he's in his right mind. wonder if they're going to find out. I, I don't know. But they saw this guy, and they're afraid. And we read verse 16, that those who had seen it told the people what happened to the demon-possessed man and told about the pigs as well. Then the people began to plead with Jesus, my father's sick, come see my father, come visit my mother, my brother. Wait, that's not what they said, did they? The people began to plead with Jesus to leave their region. Second observation by the other side, don't expect everyone on the other side to be happy to see you. They weren't happy to see Jesus. Don't expect everybody on the other side to be happy to see you. Why do they want Jesus to leave? Well, a lot of reasons. Here is a power you can't control. When Jesus comes, he is Lord. And that's daunting. If you're not ready to have another Lord, then you're not ready for Jesus. And that's one of those things that isn't going to be great news. If you don't see your need, if you don't recognize your need before your Savior and recognize his way will lead to life, your way has led to death. If you're not there, Jesus isn't great news. Because here's a power you can't control. He is God and he's in control. And secondly, Jesus' presence might cost you some pigs, even very profitable ones. I mean, that's, I think, the biggest objection. They were more concerned about their inventory than the man who'd just been set free, than that human life. And I'm not, I'm, you know, 2,000 pigs, that's a lot of pigs. I don't know how much they're getting, you know, pound on the hoof, I, I don't know, but somebody lost some coin that day. Okay, so I mean, I, I, I'm not unsympathetic to that guy. But come on. Stop and consider the life-changing implications of a power, a savior, who can set free even the most lost of us, as evidenced by this guy who was living in the graveyard, slashing himself with rocks. Absolutely insane. But they couldn't look past it because they just lost a bunch of money. Jesus' coming isn't necessarily good news to everyone. You can't expect everyone on the other side to be happy to see you. Listen to how 
Some people responded to Jesus, Luke 9, 57 through 62. As they were walking along the road, a man said to him, to Jesus, well, I'll follow wherever you go. Jesus replied, foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. In other words, you should count the cost. Verse 59, he said to another man, follow me. Now, Jesus didn't invite everyone to follow him, but this guy, he said, follow me. But the man said, Lord, let me go first and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Like, wow, Jesus, that's kind of hard. Still another man said, I'll follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus replied, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. Some people go, how can Jesus be so hard and so cruel? He's not. Jesus loves our families. He wants us to love our families, but he also knows an excuse when he sees it. He's well-versed in excuses. See, you've got to understand, he is Lord. And when he comes, things will change, and they should. And what's weird is we want Jesus to set us free. This chain, Lord, and this chain, and this one, but not this one. This chain's okay. It, it won't be a problem. I'm sure I can do fine. And I kind of like this one. You know, this one on my leg here, this leg. I've got one good leg. I'm okay, Jesus. There's things that we go, oh, I know this has got to, I wish this could be different, Lord. I wish this could be different. But I don't want everything to be different. I don't want to give you, like, all the reins of my life. I say I want you to be Lord, but I only, I mean with a little L, not the big L. I don't want you, you know. Because I still want to kind of be Lord with a big L. Yeah, you got a big L, all right. <laughs> problem is that's what not everybody's happy to see him and following jesus means following jesus and um ours is a message of reformation and not everyone's ready for that last few verses here verse 18 as jesus was getting into the boat the man who'd been demon possessed begged to go with him now just stop i just want you to understand that's how we know jesus came for this guy and this guy only he goes through this with the guy, the pigs, the whole thing, the people. He gets in the boat and leaves. He came there for one guy. Do you know how far Jesus go because he loves you? He brought his disciples all the way across the Sea of Galilee, this huge thing, for one guy. And Jesus loves you as much as he loves him. Jesus hears you and the people around us. And he cares as much as he cared for this guy. As he was getting back in the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with them. Jesus didn't let him. By the way, those are the first words we hear from the guy. The rest were from the demon or from Jesus. That was the first thing. The guy begged to go with Jesus. Jesus did not let him, but said, go home to your family and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. So the man went away and began to tell him the Decapolis. By the way, that's all the 10 cities. That's a huge region. How much Jesus had done for him and all the people were amazed. We just witnessed the commissioning of the first New Testament missionary. One minute he's insane, the next minute he's in Christ. And what's cool is the guy who we don't hear anything from until those last things where he begs Jesus to go with him, now the guy won't shut up. And he started a major move, by the way. There were pockets of the gospel that were, were started because of this guy telling these people who were totally removed from the God of Israel, telling them about Jesus and what he had done for them. Last blank, I know some of you would go crazy if I didn't give you the last blank, so here it is. 
Jesus has given you a message to share with people on the other side. Those few verses, there, there's a gem there for us, and I want you to be sure and get it. Jesus has given you a message to share with people on the other side. And our big thing is, well, I, I know... I, I know Jesus wants people on the other side to hear the good news. He loves them and he wants me to go. I get it, but I don't know what to say. Verse 19, exactly what he told this guy, is exactly what he wants us to tell. And it is beautiful. It's so simple. Every one of you can do this. Every one of us can do this. Verse 19, go home tell your, to your family, tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he's had mercy on you. That's it. That's what you need to share. Tell them how much the Lord has done for you. Tell them how he's had mercy on you. Do you think you can do that? You think you can tell someone that? Because you're like, I don't know all the verses. I don't know enough theology. I don't... Do you know what the Lord's done for you? You know that. That's your story. You can tell your story. And can you tell them how he's had mercy on you? Because that is the message that lost people are dying to hear. You know, we spend so much time telling them they're wrong. Do you realize this? They know they're wrong. Did you, before you came to Jesus, know you were wrong? Or did someone come and tell you, here, let me tell you how you're wrong. And you're oh my gosh, I never knew. Okay, what must I do? I mean, really, but we try to argue people into repentance. And it's like, look, I already know my sin more than anybody else. I may not admit it. I may try to hide it. But I know my sin. You only know the tip of the iceberg. That's why Jesus said, why do you try to remove the speck from someone else's eye? Well, you got a plank in your own. He wasn't just saying, you're so much more sinful. The reason mine's a plank is because I, I see the whole thing. Other people, I, see the, I just see a speck. They know it's in their heart because sin is in the heart. Can you tell them how he's had mercy on you? Because that is a powerful message. That's a powerful testimony, the mercy of God. I'm one of these guys who I grew up in the church, and I was always jealous of people who had really cool testimonies, you know. Lord delivered me from drugs and crime, and I was this and now, I'm, you know. I mean, that, I, really, I'm just being honest with you, okay? I got saved when I was eight, okay? Never done drugs, never been drunk, you know. I had a terrible testimony. <laughs> it's funny, because people say, no, no, you're supposed to tell them about God's keeping power. I'm like, that's still a terrible testimony, Let me tell you, but as I grew older, I realized what God saved me from. Because when I was eight, I didn't know. I just believed what my family and what the pastor said about Jesus. I believed it, and I received it. That was it. It wasn't until later that I realized, yeah, I may not be an alcoholic, but I'm a wealthaholic. I grew up around a lot of wealthy people, and I wanted that. I wanted that bad. And the Lord has had to work in my life and had to dig that out of me. Because it would destroy me. Jesus described it in the parable of the sower as those thorns, the deceitfulness of riches. And he had mercy on me and saved me from that. I was never a drug addict, but I was a fame addict. I really wanted to be well-known, famous. You know, it's like I could have a support group for fame, you know. And, you know, hi, everybody. Hi, I'm Sean. Hi, Sean. Oh, hey, great. It's been four days since I've self-promoted. Okay, good, good. <laughs> Because here's the deal. We sit and focus on violence and drugs and all these other things. Those are the bad sins. And, and, and I'm not saying they're not. They're very hurtful, obviously. But what about the actual sin of Satan himself? Where he rose himself up to be equal to God. 
Because see, that was the sin I saw in my heart. I wanted to be God in my own life. I don't want any other God. I want to call the shots. Pride, arrogance. And that's what Jesus saved me from. And it would have killed me. Apart from him, I'd be lost. I don't care. You, apart from Jesus, man, we are lost. Take what, I don't care what prostitute, I don't care what killer, what violent person, murderer, whatever you want to do. It, it, apart from Jesus, we are as lost as them because at the core of our being is this sin nature. And Jesus has saved me. And he forgave me. And he loved me in spite of that. And he came into my life and has empowered me to live different and to overcome. Man, the Lord has done amazing things for me. I could, I could tell you all day. And I could tell you how he's had mercy on me. And you know what? That's what people long to hear because they know they need mercy. And the good news is, is we serve a God of mercy. Imagine, folks, if we all got really serious about saying, you know what? Jesus going to the other side. I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm going to the other side. I'm going to go and just love people. I'm going to share. See, God didn't create River City Community Church so that we could kind of just enjoy our deal. Um, he created us to make a difference in this city and in this region of Texas and beyond. He's given us a vision to change the world. And the good news is he's given us a spirit that can actually do it question is, will we let him? If you're going to follow Jesus, you're going to have to go to the other side. That's his call for us. My challenge for every one of us is look for opportunities this week and say, Jesus, help me to go to the other side. And remember, just all i got to tell him is what God's done for me and how he's had mercy on me, which every one of us has a story like that. Change the Thank you, Pastor Sean. You've been listening to Real Life Radio as next week we'll continue this series called Jesus Has Left the Building and Rediscovering the Biblical Jesus as it's available right now as a free download when you find the sermons link at reallife.org. We invite you to do more than just hear but see and do when you join us at River City Community Church located on Lookout Road right behind Rotama Park. You can see all the details, directions, and service times also at reallife.org. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 210-490-5262. As Real Life Radio is a service of River City Community Church, we hope you join us again next time for more Real Life. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.